he's called Gideon, and uh, thank you guys for being so patient. And uh, we've been talking about this guy in the Bible in the book of Judges, and Judges is basically uh, a history book on Israel uh, based on um, uh, this judge cycle. There'd be Israel would do great. And everything would go. There'd be peace for a while. They'd do bad. They'd get disciplined. They would cry out to the Lord. He'd come, give a deliverer, a judge to come deliver them. He'd come back, and that was kind of the cycle. And so what we're in is a time of discipline for uh, Israel where they... Uh, we're worshiping the gods of the Amorites, okay? We don't need to get into the Midianites, Amorites, Moabites. There's just a lot of ites, okay? And so uh, we're in this period, and um, uh, all of a sudden, God comes to this guy, Gideon, who's threshing wheat in a wine press. If you haven't, if you're not caught up, I'd encourage you to uh, download the app and uh, listen to last week's uh, sermon, or you can go online on our website, or you can listen to it on a podcast. But he's in this, basically, this circular uh, uh, wine press, and he's uh, threshing wheat. He's hiding down because the Midianites would come and they'd take everything. What they didn't take, they'd kill. So the, all the livestock, crops, everything. And so last week what we talked about is this idea that uh, this angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And what we talked about last week was the idea that God has an uh, identity for you that might not even be your own identity. Because Gideon said, mighty warrior, and then he said, I'm from the smallest tribe in the smallest clan, and I'm the youngest of them all, I'm the weakest. Now, we're going to find out that Gideon wasn't actually being that truthful. And so God says this, uh, 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 the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, and the Lord said, I will wait and return. So Gideon says, I'm going to prepare you an offering, and God says, I will wait. And last week we talked about the idea that Yahweh, <laughs> the God of heaven and earth, waits for Gideon to come back. And we talked about the idea that for some of us, you're, you're waiting for God to move in your life, and he's waiting for you, actually. And so we talked a little bit about that as well. So now we're, gonna, we're at the point where Gideon goes inside to make an offering. And so we'll see what he says here. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, okay, and from an ephah of flour. So this is quite a bit of flour. This would make 10 pretty big bread cakes. He made without yeast so he wouldn't have to wait for the bread to rise and everything because he's got the angel of the Lord waiting outside. And he put the meat in a basket and it's broth in a pot and he brought them out and offered them to this guy under the oak. Now the reason I say this guy is because Gideon isn't sure that this is really an angel from the Lord. As a matter of fact, it got a little confusing last week when you read that text, and we talked about it in our men's group, about um, when Gideon says, my Lord, you and I, we all use the word Lord kind of interchangeably. But uh, Gideon was saying, sir. He wasn't saying God. He wasn't saying Yahweh. He was saying, sir. And so, and then you had this confusion of, is it the angel of the Lord? Is it the Lord? Uh, you know, is it Yahweh? Is it an angel of Yahweh? Those different things. And so he takes this offering, and this is basically what you'd do for anyone who just shows up at your place. You would feed them. You'd just take something simple, okay? Now, 
The question you might want to ask yourself if you're a student of the Bible is, where did the goat come from? Because I thought the Midianites killed everything. Well, that's a really great question. We'll hit that in just a little bit. And so he, he offers it under the oak. Now watch what happens. The angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, and pour out the broth. Now, for Gideon, for you and I, we'd think, well, that's kind of a waste. For Gideon, his heart would start to beat a little bit. Because this simple meal looks like now it's becoming a sacrifice. And so now Gideon's beginning to think to himself, oh, snap. Like this might actually be somebody important. And, he, and probably if he's like me, he's rehearsing in his mind, all, okay, what did I say to him? How did I address him? What did I do? And so here's the important part. Gideon did so. Gideon did so. The angel of the Lord asked him to do something simple. Just take it, pour it out, and he does it. Do you know, God might not be asking you to do something huge. We, we, we talked about the young lady going to India and being a missionary for a while. And you think, oh my goodness, I don't hope he doesn't ask me to be a missionary or even worse, a pastor, right? I hope he doesn't ask me to do that, those types of things. Now watch what he does with this simple act of obedience. The angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock and cons consuming the meat and the bread and the angel of the Lord disappeared. So Gideon is sitting there. He does what he says and all of a sudden the angel is just like, and then, is gone. And Gideon's just sitting there. Now, here's what Gideon says. This is so cool. Gideon says, when Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, so now he's like, this whole time I was talking to the angel of the Lord, uh, he exclaimed, alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now, alas is not a word that you and I use very much, okay? Uh, it's kind of like, you know, he has risen indeed. We never say that. So that's why around here we say, dude, that's awesome. Because that's what we would typically say instead of he has risen indeed. Well, alas is another one. Like if I say alas, it's like alas, the fair maiden on yonder hill, you know, riding on a stallion, you know, whatever. I, you don't say alas. So to understand, because you have to understand what's happening in Gideon's heart and mind right now. To understand alas, we have to use a word that we would use. So I'll give you a little example. Uh, about every, I don't know, seven years or so, I preach a sermon called the Lego Sermon. And uh, a lot of you will remember the Lego Sermon. What I do is I make these boxes that look like Legos, and they're giant, and I put them on the stage to represent our boundaries, right? And so you're probably like, well, who makes those boxes? Well, I do, and that's my backyard. And so I had to paint all these boxes with this cheap Harbor Freight paint sprayer, Okay. And so what would happen is it's hooked up to my air compressor and about every minute it would go to release pressure because you don't want it to explode because that's frowned upon in the painting community. And so uh, every minute it would just be like, right? And so I didn't hear it for a while because I was doing something else and I looked over and it was on its side, which means that the paint had entered the chamber of the air and I started running for it and the, I, it shot out 
And when that happened, I went, alas. But it was another word. Right? So you just insert your word, whatever your word is. Because I ain't going to tell you my word. You just listen to your word. You insert that. That's how Gideon felt. Okay? He, he, he just, he, yeah, you just thought of your word, didn't you? Yeah. She's like, oh, my goodness. We're in church. I can't. He made me say that word in my mind. Right? That's the last. Oh, snap, we'll say, just to keep it G-rated. All right? When Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, alas, sovereign Lord. I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. I, I, I can't believe this is happening. You ever have that happen to you where you, you're in a, in a situation and all of a sudden you think, was that the Lord? Did my heavenly father just give me a word? Did, 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 did he just intervene right here? I was talking to a dude uh, this week. He's telling me a story about how he went to another church, which don't, don't do that, okay? So anyway, he goes to another church. He sits down next to a guy. The guy, they start talking. The guy uh, tells him where he's from. He says, oh, you're from the, uh, Northern California. I'm from Northern California. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from, you know, some place in Northern California. And then it's like, what city? Same city, same town. It turns out that this guy had worked with his wife the guy that he met was in recovery and was just pleading to God to find some hope that he was in the right place. And this guy shows up right next to him. Alas, that is amazing. That's provenient grace. That's the grace of God going before this man who's trying to get through life. And all of a sudden, this guy comes out of nowhere, sits next to him and goes, I know your wife. What a awesome thing. He's seen the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, now what do you think the Lord is going to say to him? Now, again, check this out. The angel of the Lord disappeared, right? So if you're a student of the Bible, you ask yourself, what? Right? Well, that's good. You should be a little confused sometimes because I was. But now God is speaking directly to Gideon. There's no angel of the Lord. Gideon comes to this realization Whoa, that was, uh, that was their representative. A lot of scholars believe anytime you see angels of the Lord, it's just a, a, a representation of Jesus pre-incarnation, right? So Old Testament Jesus, whatever. God's talking to him now. And what do you think God's going to say? Hey, remember when you said, sir, and you should have said, Lord? Remember when I showed up and called you mighty warrior and you didn't bow down on your face? And go, I'm a sinner. I, I shouldn't even be here. Remember, remember, remember that? Why don't you talk to me that way? No, no. God tells Gideon exactly the word that some of you need to hear this morning. Whether you're online listening or somebody has shared this message with you or what have you. Some of you need to hear these same words from your heavenly father. And it's this. Peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. It's going to be okay. I'm in control, says your heavenly father. And some of you are going through stuff right now, and you're trying to get through it, and you think, I don't even know how. And the Lord has given you instruction. 
and you know it's him, and you know you need to reach out, or you know you need to figure it out, and you say, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do, and your heavenly father has the same word for you that he has for Gideon. Peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Now watch what happens. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. Now, think about this. Gideon was not asked to do this. Gideon just had this experience, and he built an altar, and just built an altar right there. And he said, that altar, that, I'm going to remember this for a long time. And, 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 the, and the writer here says, uh, to this day, it stands in Ophrah, right? So it's like, if you're a reader, if you were a first-time reader of this, you'd be like, oh, man, is that that altar that I passed on the 22 when I'm driving out, right? You'd, you'd, you'd remember it. And he, he says, the Lord is peace. I'm almost like, I got to remember this. I got to remember this. I got to remember this. Now, keep that in the back of your mind because you're going to see what happens. That same night, <laughs> okay, so Gideon's like had this great revival experience. You know, he met the Lord and he's, you know, he's just so excited. He's probably, probably told his dad, went home, told his dad, Dad, you'll never guess what happened. And probably brought his dad out. I mean, I would. I would bring people. I'd, I'd, I'd bring Lisa. I'd be like, honey, look at this rock. It's scorched. I, I promise I didn't do anything. <laughs> Just the angel of the Lord touched it with his staff, and it went, you know, right? And, or maybe he got home, and his dad went, hey, where's the goat? And he's like, oh, well, it got burned up. I, I don't know. That same night, the Lord says to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Now, uh, again, just a couple things, because I love the Bible. you got to read your Bible. It is so much fun. How does he have a bull that's seven years old if the Midianites take everything and kill it? <laughs> Maybe Gideon wasn't being as forthright to the Lord in the beginning that he's the smallest and I'm the smallest and that we're so poor and we can't be used at all because maybe Gideon didn't know which God he was talking to or is this even one of his gods because he worshiped three, Asherah, Baal, and Yahweh. And so he's kind of conniving. And so the Lord says, take your second bull from your father's herd, <laughs> the one seven years old. So I wonder if Gideon's thinking to himself, man, I, t I told God I didn't have anything, and he totally knows I do. That's one thing that I noticed in the text. The other thing I noticed is this. This bull was really, really, really important. That's like saying, take your dad's 66 Mustang that he's uh, restored. It's in cherry condition in the garage. That, I want you to take that because we're going to cut it into pieces, right? This bull was used like, so when a bull and a cow really love each other. Uh, no. Okay, it's used, it's used for breeding, right? And so um, you take it, seven years old. Uh, tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the astral pole. Now we're in dad's man cave cutting his lazy boy in half. Like we're just taking all his dad's precious things and we're, we're saying no more. This, we're not going to worship Baal anymore. And cut down the Asherah pole uh, beside it. So this is my, uh, the back of my house. I think I've shown this before in our house in Lakewood that we bought. And uh, it was very small. I think it was 900 feet or 1,000 feet or something like that. And um, we started having kids. And then all of a sudden the house got small. <laughs> so... Um, we, we were going to put an addition on. And so I took a before picture 
And this was uh, the, the day before they started. And uh, there was this um, awning here, this aluminum awning. And I came out in the morning before they got started, and I looked at it, and I thought, how are they going to take this thing down? Because it was all right, the bolts were all rusted. And so I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you spray some liquid nail on there, and you get a wrench, and you kind of figure it all out. And so I had it all planned out, like how you take down the, how you take down the awning. And so um, they show up, and uh, that was within uh, about three hours of when they started. They went up to the awning with one of these, and they just started beating the alas out of it, <laughs> right? They just started beating this thing, and they start beating all the concrete. The one thing I do want you to notice, look how thick that concrete is. What idiot poured that? It's like you launch a space shuttle off that thing. It's so, but they, they break it all up. They go, they keep going, and then uh, they, they go to my wall, my retaining wall. This is all within, like, a, the first few hours. They bring in this big truck, and they, they that's, that's looking the other way. And then this is my uh, basketball court, everything. They just take this thing and beat it. This was exactly what God told Gideon to do. And let me just tell you something. Let me just speak as clearly as I can. For some of you, it is time. It is time to whatever altar, whatever thing you're worshiping that is not your heavenly father, whether it's a, 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 you're medicating or you're trying to escape or it's a relationship. Well, okay, figuratively speaking, okay, right? it's a relationship you know you're not supposed to be in and you've been fussing with it and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to take it down in just a little bit and it's going to take, first I have to get a wrench and the Lord's like, bump that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Go for it. Get it handled. The Lord's waiting. He's already told you. And it's week after week after week. It's like, come on. And so that's what he tells. And, and for Gideon, he's like, man, this is going to cost me my dad's altar, my, my dad's Asherah pole. I don't want to get into the Asherah pole. I already made a sexual joke already. And so uh, it's going to cost me that. It's going to cost me uh, the, the, the prize bull. They probably had a name for that dude. Like Bob, we're going to cut up Bob, right? And the Lord's like, yes, yes, watch, why, watch, why. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord, your God, on top of its height. Listen, he says, take the rubble of the old altar and make that the foundation for a proper altar. For some of you who've already done this heavy work, who've done the difficulty of taking whatever it was you were dealing with that you couldn't get over, a pornography or whatever it is, and you finally beat that thing down, you have a story now, and there's a proper altar built on your life where you look back and you go, Lord Jesus, thank you for, I can be free. And it's so easy to sacrifice on that altar. Using the wood of the Asherah pole, He's fueling the sacrifice with one of the gods, a representation of one of the gods. I hear people about this all the time. Their god was money. 
And then they came to Christ, and now they're just generous. They take the God that they worship, and now it becomes the fuel in which they sacrifice. And that's what he tells them. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of its height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole, you cut down. Now, Gideon has seen the Lord, okay? Gideon, Gideon knows this is God. He knows it is, right? He now recognizes his voice. So, uh, I wanted to show you, uh, I'm sorry, I, I can't look ahead. I used to be able to look ahead, but now I can't look ahead because whatever's going on with technology. But I wanted to show you what it was like when it was done. So this would have been the, the broken, um, uh, uh, like, Baal altar and the Asherah pole, right? But watch what happens when we go from that to a proper kind. This is now the beginning of the foundation. Now, let me ask you a question. What's faster? <laughs> when they showed up with the sledgehammer to break everything up or when they started building this? This is much slower. And I wanted to stop right here just to encourage some of you where you're like, I'm not growing as fast as I should. I don't know enough of the Bible as, as I should. Sometimes I still blurt out words like alas or whatever, and you, you're just trying to get by. Listen, listen, listen. It takes a while to build this faith. It takes a while to learn. It takes a while. But you've buried the old gods. That's the most important thing. That needs to happen quickly. And then we begin this process of building. This is just... We, I'm really happy because we found my daughter. I don't, we never knew where she was, but she's under the house. Anyway, this is kind of some of the other framework. This took, this took a long time, right, to build this proper kind of altar. And then we got it done. And then I became a pastor, and six months later, we sold the house. So whatever. All right. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. This is so sweet, right? But watch. But because he was afraid, Listen, how can you be afraid if the Lord zapped your food and lit it on fire? And you know, and then you hear the voice of God. Don't you think if you heard the voice of God, you'd have so much faith? You'd be human just like anybody else. I've heard the Lord tell me to do stuff, and I know for a fact, 100%, it was the Lord. I, I believe that the Lord is eternal. He's, he's like uh, um, omniscient, omnipotent, all the omni things that you could imagine. He's just like all going to, and when he asks me to do something, I get scared. No, no, don't ask me to do that. That's it. Send, why don't you send one of the board members? Send them out to, to do it, right? He was scared. Um, one other quick question. How did, how did he get 10 servants now? You ever notice that? Wait, he's got a goat? Wait, I thought the Midianites took everything. He had a goat. He's got this prized bull, seven years old. He's got ten servants. Gideon, come on, man. Come on. He's sandbagging. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. Okay? Now, you can look at that any way you want. Here's how I look at it. He did it. He was scared. He waited till nighttime. He had a his bunch of his buddies come with him, his posse or whatever, and he shows up and he's like, oh man, who's gonna hit the, the altar first, right? Like, ah, oh, I'm so scared, right? But he did it. 
It's okay to obey scared. That's okay. As long as you obey, right? In the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. Gideon did it. He did it, right? They come in. They got their coffee. They come out of their house, walking around. He's like, but not where the Baal's altar used to be. You know, I don't, I don't know how it was set up, but I could just imagine, you know, and then word starts getting around. He did it. Gideon did it. They asked each other, who did this? Right? When they carefully investigated, they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Now, I don't know how back in that day you investigated anything. You didn't have video cameras. You didn't have, you know, like DNA. <laughs> like, you didn't have anything. So maybe Gideon just like the like concrete dust or whatever. He like tra tracked it right into his house or something. And everyone's like, oh, just follow the footprints. But they find out that he did it after car careful investigation. Now watch. The people of the town demanded Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the astro pole next to it. You are going after our gods, the town people are saying. Now listen, I, just as we get kind of understanding what, what's going on. Anytime, anytime your life's decisions press up against culture's gods, there's going to be pushback. There's going to be pushback, whether it's at work, in your family. What was Joash afraid of? Remember what Joash was afraid of? He wasn't afraid of Baal. He wasn't afraid of Asherah. He was afraid of his, his family and the townspeople. Isn't that how it goes? You're about to break down an altar in your life. You're about to take your faith seriously. You're about to do something that maybe in your family has never been done before. And what are you scared of? You're scared of your family. And you're scared of those people around you and culture. And so this is what happens. And this is a warning. This will happen. This is why he was scared. And rightly so. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to, if in our culture, they wanted to cancel him. They wanted him to lose his job, lose his life, lose everything. Just get him out of here because you're pressing up against culture. You're pressing up against their gods. And that is always, always difficult. So that's what they do. But Joash has this amazing response. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd. Now, I, I can't imagine. They, you know, so Gideon's in the house with his dad. So his dad, I guess now, is okay with all this. Maybe he, you know, maybe he was just like, look, you showed me where the angel of the Lord was. He told you to, to, to go for it. Knock down. The, it's time. It's time for us to move past this three-God system, Asherah, Baal, and Yahweh. It's Yahweh only. One God. One people. It's time to do it. And so, but Gideon's still inside. So Joash comes out. I could just picture Gideon, like, like looking out behind his dad. I don't know if that's the way it happened. But Joash comes out, and he addresses the people to the hostile crowd. And he says, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save your God? Like, why are you defending this God? Can't this God defend himself? Watch what he says. Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by mourning. 
In other words, don't offend Baal and fight for him. He, he'll fight for himself. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. All throughout this story, all throughout the demolishing of the altar and the building up of the new altar and trying to get, you know, cutting up the Asherah pole and trying to get a fire started and hacking up a bull and getting it up on the altar all through that in the background is peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. When you begin to take it seriously and that altar in your life where you're worshiping something else other than your heavenly father, in the back of your mind should be, I am so scared. I cannot believe I'm making this decision. In the back of your mind should be peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Whoever fights for him should be put to, uh, uh, put to death by morning. Watch. So because Gideon, Gideon broke down Baal, Baal's altar, they gave him a name. They just reverted to name calling, which might be what happens in your culture. Uh, they called him Jerah Baal that day, saying, let Baal contend with him. Okay, we were going to defend Baal, but we believe you. We'll just let, we'll see what happens. We're going to see what happens. And maybe someone's told you that. Okay, fine, fine. You want to stop drinking with us? You want to stop, you know, saying those jokes or doing whatever? Fine, fine. Let's just see. Let's see how long you last. Right? Let's see. You, you, you've done this kind of stuff before. And I, I know. You, you, oh, you're going to church. Or you're doing whatever, starting to read your Bible. What? We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's what they do. That's what culture does to us. Remember, the Lord said, peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. It might be time for you to take a sledgehammer to parts of your life and get that thing broken up. It might be time for you to stop identifying yourself with those broken altars and start to build a proper altar. Maybe get into a group of people who are like, let's build our lives, man, in a proper way. That's what we do uh, in our men's group on Tuesday nights. If you're a dude and you, you're like, you know, I don't even know how to do that. Come on, join us, 6.30 in the tin can. Every, everything's cool. There's, nobody judges anybody. Everybody's welcome. As the worship band comes up, I want you to, if you're a student of the Bible or, you know, maybe, maybe the Old Testament, sometimes the Old Testament is hard to, like, apply to our lives. That's why I like Gideon. He, he just feels like if I were, <laughs> if like, commissioned to do this, I would do almost all the things uh, he does. And next week, don't, do not miss next week. Uh, next week is where me and Gideon kind of part, part ways a little bit. But, um, but if you're a student of the Bible and you love Jesus, this, this might sound familiar to you. Peace, do not be afraid, you're not going to die. Do you know why it kind of resonates with you a little bit? It's because Jesus came and he said the same thing. Here's what he said. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I don't give as the world gives. It's not Baal or Asherah. It's not anything else from culture. I, I, don't, I don't do it that way. Your circumstances don't have to be all lined up and things don't have to go to your way and you don't have to get your rights and you don't have to have everything go uh, the way you want it to go. No, no, no. I don't give peace that way. I don't give it as the world gives. It's not conditional. Okay? 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Now, we uh, usually take a little bit of time uh, at this point to reflect. on Maybe the Holy Spirit has given you some instruction. You've said, you know what, this is the week, man. This is the week. I'm going after this one God, this one altar. I'm going to do it. And maybe you need to take 10 servants with you, 10 friends, 10 buddies, whatever. You got. Would, you, would you go to my first meeting with me? Would you go to, would you just be with me while I make this phone call? Can you read this text before I send it? Can you read this email? Can you, I'm just so nervous about this. And maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe for some of you, it's like, you know what? feel like my altar's half built. Well, I want to start taking my time with the Lord daily seriously. I want to take my time of prayer seriously. I'm, I might want to start memorizing some things or really being present when I'm with Him, you know, not just something in the background. Maybe that's you. And so we have this time and we open up the stage and what I like to do is I like to kneel at the, at the stage and just kind of pretend it's an altar already built to the Lord and just kind of give him some of my fears, some of the things that I'm working on. And uh, you don't have to do that. You can just stay seated and uh, we'll have some people praying by the cross and maybe you want to come up and have somebody pray for you. Maybe uh, you have an altar you're about to break down. You know this is the week for you. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. So you want to have someone uh, pray for you. Maybe you've never invited the Lord into your heart. You've never said, God, I, I want to follow you. Go up to that cross. They'll pray for you. They'll lead you through that prayer. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we end on your words, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. We should not let our hearts be troubled and we should not be afraid. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you love us and you take care of us. In your name, amen. Let me go ahead and stand for the blessing. Now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go grace and his strength and his joy and in his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.